Welcome to Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk is brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance. Everyone, welcome to Tribe Talk. Jim Rosenhouse along with you as uh, we join you for another hour of baseball talk on the radio with Tribe Baseball tonight from Seattle. The Saturday night game starts at 9-10 and the series wraps up at 4-10 on Sunday afternoon as the Indians are in the midst of a seven-game road swing. A three-game series with the Angels begins on Monday night in Anaheim. Good show lined up for you today. In a little while, we'll hear from Austin Hedges, Tribe Catcher. We'll also visit with Brian Sweeney, the Indians' bullpen coach. And that Tribe bullpen has the lowest DRA in Major League Baseball, at least they did heading into Friday night's action. And we'll also get a, a good update on the Indians' minor league system from their vice president of player development, James Harris. But first, I'll look back at our week in review and for the Indians, well, that week featured a four-game win streak, and at one point they had won eight out of nine, propelling them back into the picture for the top spot in the American League Central Division. And for the Indians, after a rainout last Sunday and an off-day Monday, they got back to action against the Cubs on Tuesday night. The Cubs grabbed the lead with a run in the second inning, but in the fourth, Jose Ramirez got that run back with one swing, the 3-2. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Deep right field. Home run, Jose. We are tied at one. Number 10 for Jose Ramirez. A line shot into the lower stands in right. And Jose Ramirez is pulled into a three-way tie with Shohei Otani and J.D. Martinez for... Home run high honors in the American League. The Cubs answered in the fifth inning with a solo shot from Eric Sogard to make it 2-1 Cubs, but the Indians had an answer of their own in the bottom of the fifth with a man aboard for Cesar Hernandez. Here's the 3-2. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball. Deep right field, headed to the stands. Home run, Hernandez! And just like that, for the first time tonight, the Indians are in front. Three to two, Tribe. Number three on the season for Cesar Hernandez. Meanwhile, Shane Bieber was on the mound, and he battled his way through some tough early at-bats by the Cubs and was still out there getting it done in the seventh. The pitch, runner goes, swung on a miss, edges throw to second, double play. Strike him out, throw him out, double play. A beauty of a throw by Austin Hedges to the shortstop Jimenez. And Hedges has gunned down three out of eight would-be base stealers. And the Indians 
have now turned three double plays tonight. That one being the strike him out, throw him out double play. And it also gives Shane Bieber eight strikeouts. Still a 3-2 Tribe lead in the ninth with Emmanuel Classe on to try and finish things out. Now the 2-1 pitch. Swung on, double play ball to second. Hernandez to second one. Jimenez relay, ball game! A 4-6-3 double play. The Indians' fourth double play in the game. And the Indians knock off the Chicago Cubs 3-2. So the Indians win the opener of that brief two-game series with Chicago. The second game, a quick turnaround Wednesday afternoon. And this was a grinder of a game. Both teams really having a tough time scoring runs as the pitching was solid. And uh, that pitching kept the game scoreless until the Cubs broke through with a run in the top half of the sixth inning. But the Indians quickly tied things up in the bottom of the inning with Ahmed Rosario in the midst of a big day delivering a huge RBI hit. Cubs up at the corners. Ahmed Rosario rips one to left. That's a base hit near the line. Around third, Hernandez. He's coming home. Throw to second. In sliding with an RBI double is Ahmed Rosario. And we are tied at one just like that. The game remained tied at one through nine, and on to extra innings we went. The Cubs started the 10th with a runner at second, and James Karinchak was on to try and keep things even at one. Now the 2-2. Strike three called. Oh, my, what a curveball. Sogard couldn't pull the trigger after he had a great at bat. So Karinchak worked out of it. Indians will try to walk it off. Bottom of the 10th next, Indians. Cubs tied at one. Then in the bottom of the 10th, after a great sack bunt by Rene Rivera and two walks, the stage was set for Ahmed Rosario. So Naylor at third, Luplo at second, Harold Ramirez is at first. Two down, game tied at one. The set, the pitch. A swing and a line drive to right field. Base hit down the line. Game winner, Ahmed Rosario. And he'll get mobbed out behind the mound in front of second base. A two-out RBI single down the right field line by Ahmed Rosario. And the Indians sweep a two-game series from the Chicago Cubs. And they win today in 10 innings, 2-1. to one. What a way to end the homestand and head out on the first West Coast road trip since 2019. The Indians opening that trip up in Seattle on Thursday night. Zach Plesak against rookie Logan Gilbert making his major league debut. And it didn't take the Indians long to get to Gilbert. Fran Mel Reyes in the second inning connected. Reyes batting 265, eight home runs, 23 driven in. Pitch to him is swung on and blasted dead center. Back on it is Lewis, but he'll watch it go. Home run, Fran Mill Reyes to dead center. And the Indians take a 1-0 lead. Josh Naylor followed with a base hit, and then Jake Bowers came through. Now the set and the pitch. Swung on, line, base hit in the left center for Bowers. Naylor rounds third. He will score. And Bowers comes through with a two-out RBI single. The Indians now lead it 2-0. 
And the Tribe kept it going in the third with a runner aboard and Jose Ramirez at the dish. Here's the pitch. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to right. It's deep. Back on it, Hanniger. And it's a home run, Jose Ramirez. An American League leading 11th home run for Ramirez. And the Indians are now in front 4 nothing. Four runs was plenty on this night as Zach Plesak was looking to make history on the mound. Now the 1-1. Swung on, and there's a high fly ball to right field. Back on it near the corner goes Naylor. He makes the catch in foul territory. Three up, three down again, this time in the seventh. And the no-hitter stays intact to the eighth inning for Zach Plesak. The Mariners, eight days ago, fell victim to a no-hitter. John Means of the Orioles no-hit the Mariners right here at T-Mobile Park. And there's a swing and a line drive. Base hit into center field. Oh, Plesak with a, a big smile of frustration, I think. And just kind of an old man look on his face as it was a line drive, but just over the leaping attempt of the shortstop Rosario who just could not get it. It was inches above his glove and there's the first hit for the Mariners. So the no-hitter was gone and then Dylan Moore launched a two-run home run and all of a sudden it was a 4-2 to two ball game. Plesak made it through the eighth inning and then the Indians turned it over to Emmanuel Classe in the ninth he was pitching in his third straight game, and he got two quick outs, but then he lost his command and walked three straight. So it was back to the bullpen, and Brian Shaw came on to try and save the day. Shaw shakes off a sign or two from Hedges. Now he has the one he wants. The right-hander sets at the letters, the pitch. Swing and a miss! Strike three, and the Tribe escapes with a 4-2 to win in Seattle. Great work by Brian Shaw. What a way to open the road trip. Tribe wins it 4-2. Quite a night on Thursday night, but the Indians could not match that on Friday night as the Mariners won it by a final score of 7-3. Stay with us. When we come back, we'll visit with Indians catcher Austin Hedges as Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, continues on the Cleveland Clinic. Indians Radio Network. Bodega, 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 Alpha and Omega. <coughs> Siamese sailors sell celery sandwiches. Sa wing about a serving platter. Hey, hey Jamie. Yes. Uh, did uh, did you want to try reading that line on the script there? Oh yeah. Let's see. Uh, you could say big when you bundle your home and auto with Progressive. That one. Yes. Yeah. No. I'm just not warmed up yet. Shouldn't be long. Detector test. Bundle your home and auto with Progressive today. The marmot mangled my mushu pork pancake. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Jim Rosenhouse back with you on Tribe Talk presented by Progressive. Indians continuing their road swing in Seattle tonight. A 9-10 Eastern time first pitch. We'll have it for you starting with the warm-up show at 8.35 and then the series finale tomorrow afternoon at 4.10. Then it's on to Anaheim for a three-game series 
against the Angels. Indians playing good baseball and working through an injury to their frontline catcher, Roberto Perez, the two-time Gold Glove Award winner, could miss up to 10, maybe 12 weeks with a break in the ring finger on his throwing hand. So Austin Hedges with some unexpected playing time, and he has played extremely well. And when we caught up with him earlier this week, he talked about preparing mentally and physically for the extra workload, which he welcomes. Uh, the nice thing for me is, man, is I've uh, I've been in this role plenty of times, so um, I've you know I've been here enough where I, where I got the reps where I know uh, I know how to show up as a uh, as an everyday player and how to show up as a guy that's playing uh, maybe once a series. And um, we got a lot of great resources around here. So guys like Joe Kessler, our strength coach, we basically while I wasn't playing a whole lot, we're just doing a ton of things in the weight room and on the field to keep my body going. Almost have the almost put my body through a um, kind of a simulation of what. Uh, uh, as if I was playing every day, so uh, my body's always going. So if that if that time came, which it obviously did, um, that I'd be ready for it. And you mentioned that obviously to get to the the major leagues, you have to be an everyday player, and and you've been that at the major league level too. Um, and now that you're you're back to that, when you're at the plate, it seems like I mean for any player that, that makes a big big difference. And uh, have you noticed that already? That that in terms of seeing pitching on a daily basis, it, it's been beneficial for you. I mean, it, it definitely helps. Uh, one of the main things it helps with is just uh, knowing you got another opportunity immediately. So, you know, if you have a bad at bat or a bad day, you know you're going to go get another at bat or you know you're going to play the next day. And in a situation where you're not playing a whole lot, it's tough to have a bad day at the plate and then you kind of sit around and think about it for a while, almost like a like a starting pitcher. So uh, I definitely uh, feel like I could relate to, to those guys a little bit more uh, throughout that process. But um, I think that's really the, the main thing is just – um, it allows you to have kind of that uh, that uh, quicker short-term memory uh, to just flush out the, the bat at bats and uh, and know that you got another opportunity coming the next day. Defensively, great reputation coming over here. Now we get to see that on, on just about an everyday basis. And uh, blocking pitches in the dirt, it seems like your technique is flawless on that to, to allow you to have great success at that. How far back does that go? And, and was there a particular coach at a certain point in time that – that taught you the correct way to do it, and it's something that you've latched onto. I've been lucky enough to have outstanding coaches and mentors in my career. Uh, even as a kid, you know, my uh, my early travel ball coach and my high school coach, his name was Brett Kay. Uh, he was a catcher at Cal State Fullerton, played a little pro ball, and he kind of taught me a lot of the uh, the uh, the you know the simple mechanics of um, of blocking and, and really the whole aspect. But um, the main thing that that I learned from him and I've learned throughout my career is that it's just a Blocking is almost a decision. It's a mindset. It's uh, in my mind. If there's a guy on base, every pitch is already. I assume it's going in the dirt, and if it's not, I can just catch it. But if I'm assuming, if I'm assuming catch, it's going to be a lot harder to uh, block those pitches, especially considering everybody's throwing these 90 mile an hour off speed pitches nowadays. So it's you don't have a whole lot of time to react. But um, I just know that each guy that advances is going into scoring position, and uh, that's hurting our chances to win, and that's going to hurt uh, our pitchers' numbers. And I take that very personally and very seriously. So. Um, what, what, no matter what type of body part I got to throw out there, I just got to keep that ball in front. Tribe catcher Austin Hedges joining us. And for fans who don't know, we're, we're recording this a, a good five, six hours before game time. You're catching Shane Bieber tonight. And, and what's that process like on game day to get you prepared and him prepared so that the both of you can be the best you can be tonight? Well, the nice thing for me is I got, I, I've had enough, uh, enough time watching him and uh, Roberto work together. So there's just a lot. Of, I, I learned a lot from that. I've learned so much from Roberto. So uh, kind of the way that he goes about it, um, 
um, is, is, is how I followed it. And they've had such a, such a great, uh, great time working together for so long now. Um, so, uh, I mean, for me, it's a, I mean, it's Beeb's day. He knows what he's doing. He's been out there plenty of times now. He's on such a nice role. So, um, we'll have a few discussions throughout the day specifically about, um, you know, kind of the main hitters that we need to, uh, really focus on, uh, in the Cubs lineup. Um, but other than that, man, it's, uh, we go out there and it's a, it's just a constant game of adjustments. You know, you, you can have your talks before the games, but the thing about baseball is guys go out and make adjustments every day and every at bat and, you know, every pitch even sometimes. So, um, that's where the, the constant dialogue throughout the game is going to be the important stuff for us. Um, so we can stay on the same page and, and get Biebs nice and deep through this game. You had an unexpected off day Sunday, regular off day yesterday. But as a Southern California kid, born and raised and then playing for the Padres, you come over here, there's snow in early May that, that – uh, not a big snowstorm, but some snow mixed in with a cold, wet rain. What do you think of Sunday's weather here in Cleveland? <laughs> I mean, uh, we were able to get a nice off day out of it. But, uh, you know, I'm starting to get used to it. It's, uh, it's kind of nice. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's a new change. It's a new challenge. And, and for whatever reason, it seems like our guys playing through this weather throughout the whole season, um, at least at least for now throughout the beginning of the season, I think it gives us an advantage against any teams that come in that – might not be as prepared or if you don't if you don't like the weather if you don't like the cold and you're not mentally tough enough to hang you know to handle it then the tribe's going to get you because we're a bunch of guys that show up every day in the cold and it doesn't matter what the weather is and we're going to go out there and uh and and give it our best so um at, at the very least i think it gives us an advantage man awesome that's northeast ohio through and through right there good good outlook on the whole weather situation hey thanks a lot for coming by i appreciate it and uh, have fun out there tonight all right thanks jim see you man that's Austin Hedges, who has done tremendous work, especially behind the plate and handling this coveted Tribe pitching staff. Stay tuned. More to come as Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive, continues on the Cleveland Clinic Indians radio network. Welcome back to Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Jim Rosenhouse back with you this weekend as we talk baseball leading into the Indians and Mariners. Still two games to go in the series out west. First West Coast road swing for the Indians in two seasons. They haven't been out west since the 2019 campaign. Try playing good baseball. Big key, the bullpen. They headed into play on Friday night with a league low and major league low 2.59 ERA. Brian Sweeney's in his second season as the Indians' bullpen coach, and he says there's a lot to like more than a month into the season. First of all, thanks for having me, Rosie. It's always good to talk to you. These guys, it's been it's been a fun month, right? It's a it's a long season. We like to continue with the good effort that we put out there, and it's really cool how before the season even started, these guys kind of came together and wanted to put an identity together you know, create a culture before the season start, get to know each other, you know, and I think that's the biggest part, you know, these guys have each other's backs uh, and they take care of one another. And um, a lot of times that translates to good success on the field. 
And we're not going to go through every relief pitcher. Obviously, what Emmanuel Classe and James Karinchak have been doing at the back end has been tremendous, but maybe a surprise for some has been the work of Brian Shaw coming in here after some difficult seasons. And, I mean, he's every bit as good as he was the first time through. And uh, what have you seen from him, both what he's doing statistically and also what he means to the rest of that pen? Uh, not not really a surprise for us. You know, this is, uh, you know, this is what we expected. I mean, the guy can pitch. He's a smart pitcher. He's got more weapons now. Uh, he attacks hitters. Uh, j- just a pro. It's it's really cool to have his presence down in the bullpen because he's been through the thick and thin of things and is getting better with age. So to have a guy like that, um, you know, down in the bullpen is uh, fantastic. All right, let's go to the back anyway. And uh, <laughs> so Emmanuel Classe, um, you know, he's doing a nice job closing. But it's probably easy to forget that, I mean, this guy's really young in terms of age and his major league career. And and what's impressed you most as he's navigated his way through a a role that I know he wanted to do? You know, I've been really impressed with his, the the knowledge of baseball. Um, He's very aware of the things that go on around him. Uh, You know, we have, you know, I give, I give out um, cards uh, before the game, you know, that these guys put in their hats and the catchers have it. And I made a mistake on there that that would be might be a problem during the game. And he picked up on it very quickly and brought it to my attention, um, you know, so it wouldn't happen again. And I've just been really impressed with how he's handled himself, you know, and his knowledge of the game. James Karinchek, the the outward to fans, there's a lot going on there every time he's on the mound and, and it's fun. But uh, how serious is he about his craft and, and going about it? You know, every one of those guys down there really care about what they do. They're pros. They know how to pitch. And, you know, you try to provide an environment for them to succeed. And, you know, James is no different. Um, he really cares about what he does. He cares about his teammates. And he's probably the biggest cheerleader down there uh, for everybody. It's been It's been really cool to see his development as a – you know, as a pitcher and as a person, uh, you know, these past few years. And it's, uh, you know, an exciting year for him. And what about the new guy, Nick Sandlin? He's come in and, and, and done the job. And, and what have you liked so far with him? Oh, man, a heartbeat. He hasn't changed ever since I first met him. You know, he's, you know, down-to-earth guy, quiet, uh, you know, quiet assassin. And, you know, you, you, everybody knew this guy can throw the baseball. But, how, you know, what would happen, you know, under the lights at the big league level? And uh, as you can see in what is – third outing of the year he's put he's put into some trouble and did a fantastic job uh you know get getting out of that that jam in Kansas City and you know the guy the guy has some weapons and just a great addition to the bullpen switching gears now with Brian Sweeney Indians bullpen coach regular listeners of our shows may or may not know that you are a firefighter back home in the off season in upstate New York and I know the bullpen has gotten together with a, a program called Ready to Respond. Fill us in on, on what's going on with the Indians' bullpen to, to help out local fire and, and EMS and police. Wait, first of all, how'd you hear about that? Bart Swain put out <laughs> an email to us and said, hey, why don't you ask Brian about this great program? Oh, but it really is a great program. I know you're going to be modest about it, but what do you have going on? Oh, my goodness. You know what? The, guy, the guys in the bullpen, you know, they wanted to reach out into the community. They, they care about what they do. You know, sometimes they're playing for something bigger, bigger than themselves. And to reach out and support first responders, which is near and dear to my heart, is a really cool thing. So uh, we're trying to get some, uh, some 
fans in the stands, some first responders in the stands and, you know, send out a message to them and just let them know that, uh, you know, what they do is, is important. It's hard. And if they can come to a game and kick their feet up and enjoy the try, play some baseball, then that, that's, uh, that's the least we can do. Great stuff, Brian. Thanks so much for coming by and uh, keep it rolling. It's, uh, it's a fun time to watch it when the bullpen comes into games. Thank you. I appreciate it, Rosie. That's Indians bullpen coach Brian Sweeney and a volunteer firefighter in the offseason back home in the Albany, New York suburbs. Stay tuned. We'll have more to come. We'll conclude Tribe Talk with a visit from James Harris, Indians vice president of player development. He'll give us the rundown on some of the minor leaguers in the system now that they have begun playing games again. That's next on the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. You heard you could save big when you bundle home an auto with Progressive, so you went online to check it out. But then you saw a link for a survey about which type of bread you are. And now you're on question 17, barely scratching the surface of your bread identity. You always thought of yourself as a brioche, but are you actually more of a pumpernickel? Ah, yes. They said it was easy to save money bundling with Progressive, but they forgot about the rest of the Internet. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company affiliates and other insurers. Bundle discount not available in all states or situations. Jim Rosenhouse back with you as we continue Tribe Talk and wrap up Tribe Talk with a look at the Indians minor league system with Indians Vice President of Player Development, James Harris. And it's great to see minor league box scores talking about some of the prospects actually playing in games against other teams. And with James, we uh, began talking from the double-A level on down. Still some fluctuating rosters at the triple-A Columbus level, but from Akron on down, he fills us in on those rosters. And uh, part of what's going on at the minor league level, they have to abide by some of the protocols to stay safe and keep players on the field and uh, stay away from any disruptions due to COVID. And he said, the scheduling is a big part of that. It's a little bit different now in the minor leagues, as he explains. Yeah, it's an interesting challenge. Um, for those that don't know, Mondays in every league will be a day off. So that'll be your, tri your travel day when you actually move from city to city if you travel. And then all the games will be played from Tuesday through Sunday. So six straight days, you'll do a six-game series against a team before you would travel to the next team. So the interesting thing is – is you'll have basically all your starters go against that team and you, they get to know you really well. So really excited about games, especially later in the week as you approach the weekends where um, you, they've seen you a couple times or um, they'll be challenging hitters. And it'll be really fun to kind of see how this plays out from a competition standpoint. And, and we're hoping that it's also going to help the players stay fresh. James Harris joining us, Indians Vice President of Player Development. Um, as we look at, at the various teams, and we'll start with AA Akron, it, it certainly looks like at Akron, uh, fans there will have a chance to see a lot of players that we saw quite a bit in spring training, and, and the Tyler Freemans and Will Benson, Bo Naylor, uh, just to name a few. And, and let's start behind the play with Bo Naylor. But what did you see from him continuing what was a pretty good major league spring training as he got into it at, at minor league spring training and getting ready for his AA season? Bull showed us a lot. I mean, he's only 21 years old in age, but he has an advanced experience in baseball. He started off in Kent with Team Canada and played an international circuit. He then came over to pro ball and was able to play with us and work his way to a full-season club. 
He was at our alternate site. He was in a, with us in the fall league, as well as come in and, and play with, as you've mentioned, with our major league crew. So he's spent a lot of time around good pitchers and major league players. And not to mention that his brother's a pretty good major league player as well. So he's pretty seasoned as a young player. And how about Will Benson, a, a former top draft pick who, who's had some stretches, but also some frustrations in, in his pro career. Where do you see him here as he gets started at the double-A level and, and trying to really make an impact and a move? Without having a season last year so people could see the work that Will has put it, put in, I think it's a little bit unfair to use the 2019 season to evaluate what he will be here in, in 2021. So really excited for him to get out at the double-A level and show the fans, show himself, show his teammates all the things that he's been working on. He's looked good so far. He's hit the ball hard. He's worked hard on his defense. Um, really excited for him to get out there and, and show all the work that he's put in. And one other player that, that didn't play a whole lot in Major League Camp, but got a couple of innings in and some at-bats, and looks like a really intriguing prospect, Richard Palacios. Um, what do you have on him, and, and what's his trajectory uh, as he starts to make his way up? Yeah, when, when we, we drafted Richie, he came in and played, played a little bit, and then he was hurt, so he was out for a year. And then last year we didn't we didn't play, so people may have may not have heard of, of Richie, but he hits, and he's a, he's a really good player. He plays multiple positions. In college, he's played center field and in, in, in the corners with us. He's played mostly second base, so we can move him around to, to get him more plate appearances, but really excited about what Richie brings with the bat as well as defensively. Close to home, Lake County has moved up a level this year. It is now considered high A, and we asked James what the difference in the caliber of talent will be this season over at Lake County. Yeah, so in Lake County this year, you'll see an older player. As you said, it's high A, so the levels go from A ball to high A to double A to triple A. So high A is when, when players start to see a little bit more advanced pitching. You'll see an older player. That player is around 22, 23 years old, somewhere around that that area. Um, it'll be a higher level, more competitive baseball than what you may have seen in the past with a younger player. Um, in the past, it was low A where you'll see a player in their first full season. Now you'll see players in their second or third full season. So it'll be a higher level of, of, of ball. And, and of course, they've had competition along the way. So they've earned their way to, to play at this level. And it be, should, should be interesting there in Lake County. And we were talking about the pitching there potentially to start the year. And it looks like, and, and you can roll the names, but some good college-level drafted players that uh, that might move quickly based on what we've seen in the past with that type of drafted player. And, and who are some of the names that we can really keep an eye on that, that might not be there that long if, if things go well? Yeah, if you followed us during the draft, you'll, you'll hear names like Mason Hickman, Tanner Burns, Logan Allen, Hunter Gaddis, like names like that uh, we expect to be there and should be exciting uh, to, to have those guys, especially with the six-game series. So you're, they're playing the same teams. They get to, to have scouting reports on on hitters. And we're, we're excited to see those guys go out and attack hitters um, in, the, in that league. We should remind people there are two Logan Allens now in the Cleveland Indians organization, the one who has been in the major leagues, and then uh, Logan Allen by the same exact name drafted a, a year ago. So we'll try and keep those separated for you as, uh, as maybe they get closer to where they want to be. On the position player side, uh, some familiar names. Aaron Bracho we've seen before, Brian Rocchio in spring training, George Valera. It seems like they've been around a while, but but still young. And, and, and when you look at, at their progress, how are they doing? And, and what are the challenges that they'll see this year at Lake County? Yeah, those guys are, as you said, on the younger side of the typical high A team. They're only 20 years old. So guys like 
Aaron Bradshaw, Brian Rocchio, Jose Tena, George Valera, like you mentioned, are guys that we that were international signs who have done really well within our system and we believe that are ready for this level. We would have loved to have these guys play last year, but unfortunately, we weren't able to do that. So having these guys come out and play, looking forward to seeing how they can pull it together. And again, they're going to be, be facing pitchers that are a little bit older than them. So we think they're ready for the challenge and ready to get, the, to get those guys out on the field. Well, we mentioned Lake County, a higher level of A-ball this year. And, and Lynchburg, which had been in the high A Carolina League in, in the minor league reorganization, it's still a lot of the same opponents, but it will be considered low A, so a, a younger player. And I know on the mound you're real excited about a former first-round pick, Daniel Espino. Uh, what are you seeing from him as he starts to really get his feet wet in pro ball? Yeah, he's an advanced pro right now. It really benefited him to be at the alternate site last year and be around our, some major league guys and around major league catching. And he was already a mature guy who had his own specific routines of how he take, takes care of his body. Being able to layer that in with being able to go out and having him there and Lenny Torres, Sergio Murillo, really excited to be able to see those guys. And how about on the position player side for some players who are getting their, their first taste of full season ball? Well, if you watched this during major league spring training, you might have seen um, Andres Melendez or Ganier Diaz, they were, they were around helping us out. But being able to be there, be around our major league catching, be around guys like Bo Naylor, be around um, our major league pitching has helped them mature. So it be awesome to see those guys there. There are a few international signs like uh, Gabby Rodriguez um, is there and, and, and Angel Martinez. So it would be great to see those guys as well. Also excited to see Jordis Valdez, who's one of our best shortstops, believe it or not, in an in a organization full of middle infielders, it'll be great to see him at, at shortstop and second base as we get out um, to Lynchburg. And those are the full-season clubs for the Indians, Columbus, Akron, Lake County, and Lynchburg, the same franchises that have been in the organization, even with the, the reorganization of minor league baseball. Where it does change is on the short-season level, you still have the Arizona Summer League team based in Goodyear, and, and I know they have extended spring training going. Sounds like a a lot of roster spots for just one team. And I know you had more than one team in the past. Uh, what's happening out there, and, and how do you keep everyone engaged and, and getting enough at-bats and enough innings? Yeah, that, that's a great question and definitely something we're trying to solve for. So we'll have one team that plays external competition, but we'll also have a number of players that will play what we call B games, which means that um, they aren't games on the schedule, but there are games against external competition, mostly against the Reds. Um, and that will depend on how much pitching we have. So you can only play a game as long as you have pitchers. And if we have a lot of pitching, then we'll play more external games for that second group. If we don't, we'll play more inner squads and shorter games. And when you look at, at some of the position players there, uh, if you remember and can think back to last summer, the draft for the Indians, it was a, a shorter draft, only five rounds. But the Tribe was able to take uh, a young man from the Phoenix area, Carson Tucker, with a good baseball background. And uh, what have you seen from him in very limited time as he prepares for his first pro season? Yeah, Carson Tucker is, is from Arizona, so we've seen him quite a bit, been able to work with us. He's a he's a mature player. His, his brother also plays. Uh, he plays for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm very familiar with him. So he's always been around the game. He's worked hard. He's been around major league players, and he came in with that maturity. And our goal now is to, to get him some plate appearances. And Petey Halpin, uh, another a uh, youngster drafted last year. Uh, what do you see from him as he gets started on his pro career? It's been great to have him out as well. We brought him out in the, the fall season. Um, he, he came into minor league spring training 
and being able to get out there and, and actually play after not not being able to play last year was great for him. He can play all three positions in the outfield, being able to see some advanced pitching. So really excited to get PD out there playing and around our coaches. And part of, of getting a young player involved in, in pro ball is being on their own, maybe for the first time. And, and I know you have that great facility for housing right across the street from the complex in Goodyear. How has that been a benefit for, for those young kids just getting started on their careers? Even without baseball, that's a life skill, being able to move away from home, wake up at the right time. Something as simple as we have to teach players how to use a garbage disposal. <laughs> Some people don't, didn't, didn't know how to do that or wash their own clothes or, or things of that nature. Um, a lot of times when they're coming specifically from high school or, or coming internationally, um, they're, they're young players. They're coming to us at 17, 18 years old. So the apartment allows us to teach the life that supports the things that happen on the field. So if you can't wake up on time, you can't get to the field on time, it's going to affect your work. So wanting to be able to help these guys become become men in the process. Uh, we have a life skill coordinator in, in Jen Wolf. She really digs in on, on the, that aspect, teaches grocery shopping, banking, writing checks, doing taxes, things of that nature, so that those skills, we can layer on the baseball skills on top, and it's, it's been a competitive advantage for us. James, thanks for the rundown on the different players, and we'll look forward to catching up with you as as they get some numbers under their belt in regular season action. That'll be fun. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for the call. It's exciting to finally be talking about players with names on the line. That's James Harris, Indian Spice President of Player Development. And that's going to do it for this week's edition of Tribe Talk, presented by Progressive. Thanks, as always, going out to Brian Matze for helping to put together our show each week. Also, Anthony Alford spinning the dials back at our network studios. I'm Jim Rosenhouse. Until next week, when we join you with another edition of Tribe Talk, you are listening to the Cleveland Clinic Indians Radio Network. Tribe Talk on the Cleveland Indians Radio Network has been brought to you by Progressive, helping Indians fans save hundreds on car insurance.